The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. It's Monday night. It's me and Mark are back. There's no more holidays. You've got the gruesome twosome with you tonight. No young Dan this evening, but we're asking the same question we ask every Monday night. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on, Mark. It's Monday and I'm still not over the Brighton game. I'm still pissed off <laughs> about the Amex Stadium. I don't know what you mean. Uh, it was... Um... I think it was, it was one of the, completely one of those games, wasn't it? It's just... Everything sort of went wrong for after about four minutes in. It just was. Yeah. It was. An, it was a really weird performance. Um, and yeah, I think having your having your ass handed to you by an eighteen year old who very, looks very good, by the way, is is not what you wanted. No, but we'll, we'll get stuck right into that. And in, in, in a minute, we've got plenty of uh, plenty of Newcastle talk to get stuck in. Just before we do a little reminder. In case you're new to the channel, just check us out for the first time. Hello and good evening to you. Smash that button, subscribe, come and join us. We're over 5,000 subscribers, so loads of room for you here on Evermore. Loads of Newcastle United content. Even in the international break, we'll still keep you chugging away with some tuned content before the, the season returns. And brand new to the channel as well, we have now got a membership mark, haven't we? I believe that you can be a member of the Evermore channel if you so oh, yeah. wish to do so. It is entirely optional. You don't have to. It is just there to, you know... It's one of those things to try to help the channel out a little bit more. If you want to join, you can hit the join button below um, on YouTube. Um, $1.99 a month, we will be looking at, there will be uh, membership badges, uh, early access to some of the videos as well. So things like um, we can get sort of rumor hazard videos, all that kind of stuff we'll probably we'll put out the night before to members. Um, they normally go live at 7 in the morning. Um, but we'll get those out early for members. Um, and there'll be obviously custom badges, custom emojis, shout outs, all that kind of stuff will be in there as well. So if you want to, that's great. If not, that's great. All the stuff will still remain on here as normal. Um, but it's just one. We were asked about it a couple of times um, in the chat. So we have introduced that now as well. So that has gone live about an hour ago. So. Very fresh, very fresh. We might even talk about uh, the podcast giving you a birthday meow out. Possibly that could be something for members, maybe <laughs> just a special, a special little meow just for you, Ian. If you're a member, just for Ian, of... if he's in here or for when he does catch up with us later on. And um, one of the emoji um, images is the podcast for him. Yes, so I have done that. That, that has to go to me. He has to, he has to pick that one. He really does. But uh, we're going to get stuck right in, in a minute. We are live as always, guys. So jump in the jump in the comments. George was in early doors there. Uh, calling us doctors, Mark. We're doctorates now. So happy with that. Yeah, we can maybe give Eddie Howe some some medical advice about not 
picking fucking Miggy Armour anymore. More on that in a minute. Um, George is still foaming after the weekend, absolutely. Les has had to duck out early, but you have left the like, Les, so we do appreciate that. We will have a good show. Thank you yeah. so much. Roger the Dodger is in the house. Always good to see you, Rog. In the comments, Ian is also there, as is Jack. Let's get stuck in then, Mark. We're going to start uh, with Fergie time, as you um, implied before. No, Sir Alex Ferguson hasn't come back with his magical <laughs> watch that he passed to Jurgen Klopp and causes more mayhem. No, we're talking about Evan Ferguson, who, you're right, did look very, very good um, at the weekend. He didn't have to look too good because Dan Byrne is slower than I am at centre-half. Um, and I'm 41 and love my pasties, but he did look very good. He scored a hat-trick rightly, so deserved it. Uh, but how shit did our defence look without Sven Botman in there, Mark? It has to be said, it was so noticeable, man, wasn't it? There's no getting away from it, is there? He, I mean, he makes such a huge difference, um, and it was just... To, to call it pathetic is probably not a stretch. Um, I mean, if you if you look at... And, and I know it's been mentioned before. If you look at the gap that's left, particularly for us, I mean, the, the defending, the goalkeeping, everything for the first goal was was horrific. Um, from Pope's clearance to Tenali's lack of any effort whatsoever to once he's made that ridiculous flick to try and clear the ball, to try and then atone for that to try and close down um, Pope's handling. To then the gap left in the in the centre of midfield, just in front of the defence, um, st stunning finish. Um, not take that away from the lad at all. But who on earth is 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 plugging that gap? And then Fabian Shire, the third one, just hanging a leg out. And I know it was touched on on um, on match of the day, I think as well. But it was just, it was awful. I mean, the defending was just absolutely atrocious. It really was. I mean, we had some early chances. I think we started the game uh, quite lively. You know, Eddie wanted a reaction. We wanted a reaction after the Liverpool game, which we were all totally gutted about. You can see Eddie was gutted about as well. Um, we started quite lively in the first few minutes, didn't we? Isaac got through. Maybe should have done a bit better. Um, and then obviously, yeah. look, we were kind of we were kind of up for that, you know. And then and then just you know, we, we just let Brighton get back into. It. We, we took the pressure off them. They, they started to kind of slip into their game, which is a brilliant game. You know, Deserby's got them playing even better than Potter had them playing. You know, the way they move through the lines, the transitions they've got, the, the quick passing, the triangles they use, the movement, it's real, real quality. I mean, I mean, people are talking about Eddie Howe replacing Pep Guardiola if he buggers off a of Man City. There's your man right there in Deserby, in my opinion. Whether or not he's sexy enough of a name for Man City, but that's your man right there to replace Pep. Um, I think I think he's a sensational manager, um, and everybody seems to be wanting to adapt his style of play, like like we did when Klopp first came. It seems to be the the, the way. way. Uh, I mean, you know, before I tear into the lads, I've kind of had a couple of days to to, to relax a little bit, but I'm still pissed off about it. But I think I've started to see things a little bit clearer now. We have had the toughest start than, than any team, I believe, on paper. When you look at it, you know, you're talking about. All the teams we've played are going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? You know, in terms of the, the top kind of five or six teams in the league come the end of the season. It's a real, real horrible fixture list that Newcastle have had to go through. Um, you know, we should have beat Liverpool. That's the big one that sickens you the most because you smashed Villa, uh, which nobody expected. Uh, and I think we got a little bit carried away with ourselves after that Villa game. 
we thought we were going to dominate everybody and this and that. And then I think the City game was a reality check. City were, were kind of half pace and still beat us comfortably. But we, we were in that game for a long period of time. We just didn't have the quality to see it out um, in key positions, which we'll talk about in the transfer roundup as well. Um, but, you know, the Liverpool game was the, was the worst one, Marcus. For me, that casts a shadow of a doubt on Newcastle's big game mentality. This isn't the first time we've said this. Last season, we did the same thing against Liverpool and games with the Champions League coming in some big games there just before I get back into the Brighton game. That's a concern a little bit, isn't it? That we can't manage ourselves in those big games in those moments to just maybe slow it down, to calm it down, to to maybe reshape a little bit, to not get too carried away, to not try stupid passes, you know, just to kill the game a little bit for 10 minutes. It's all about control. And and there's a this is in those games, there's been a real lack of it. And the, and the 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 decisions that were made in the Liverpool game, and we talked about this, well, you talked about this last week. Just think that the decisions to then change personnel at the time that changed the game. Liverpool made the changes and they worked for them. Newcastle made the changes and it backfired spectacularly because Newcastle lost control. And I yeah. think a little bit of this is that after the first sort of few minutes, Newcastle lost control against Brighton. They they did create a number of chances, and, and I mean, it could could well have been a, a high scoring draw at one point because there were, particularly for Isaac early on, there were a number of chances that he he should be doing better with. He should be burying was, them, shouldn't he? Though when he got through, you, you would have put your house yeah. in Isaac scoring that, or at least getting on target. Normally, I mean, you have an off day, don't you? So, but I, I almost think the first one, he, he almost looked cold. He wasn't. He, did. he, he wasn't, wasn't ready for it. To be ready, you know, so early in the game, um, but it's just. I think everything else, you, you, and I think anyhow's right in that in that sense. I think if you, you know, if you if you take one of those early chances, it, it changes the the whole game. Mm. But that doesn't excuse what then happens, and and for large parts of that game, you you saw Newcastle players play with their heads down and looked beaten. Mm. And that's such a worrying trend this early against a team and not, that way. And not something we've seen in an Eddie Howard team no, for a long not time. At all. Do, you, do you agree with that comment? Just quickly, mate, just a sidebar from Jordy Tunafalai. Do you think that Howe changed his tactics a bit to try and stop the Zerbi and it backfired? Do you think that that was something that he did? I think noticeable early on, they looked like they were really pushing to be high up the field and, and keep mm. keep Brighton in their own, own third. Um, and I thought that that tactic looked like it, it worked well, but it's as soon as it went, as soon as they scored, really, that stopped. And then it, that lack of control, that lack of retaining possession in in good areas of the field, passes were were, were astray. There, there was no cohesiveness in in midfield. That midfield looked really disjointed. Um, mm. and, Leggy. On Saturday night, I mean, come to Joe Linton is probably in a bit, but I just think he didn't look fit enough. I don't think Tonali and Bruno work particularly well at the moment. Nope. That will probably come, but it's still really early days for them. Um, I agree with that, Jack. I, I do think I do. that the the Liverpool game knocked the stuffing out of them a little bit, but you want a reaction. You want a reaction from your players to to something mm. like that, and I know it's going to have an effect. But you want them to step up and go. No, we're gonna we're gonna put right the wrongs of last week, and, and they just didn't. 
Yeah. Well, player errors, as BT says, they're throughout the game, yeah. nothing to do with Eddie. I mean, in a way, you're right, BT, because Eddie sets the team up. I mean, we, we can talk about the players that he chose um, and criticise that. But, but I mean, that, that, that Nick Pole. Nick Pope, sorry, who? Nick Pope, even Nick Pope. <laughs> he looks like a he looks like a Pope. Um, Nick Pope uh, on the first goal. I mean, certainly as a as an ex keeper, mark yourself. That is abysmal. That there's a simple ball on Trippier, or you just get it the fuck out of there. I don't know what he was doing. Yes, Tonali takes a little bit of blame, as you say, for the lazy leg, and then not getting out to to, to Gilmore, who I thought was brilliant, but we gave him all the space to play. And Gilmore is a very good little player. I think we underestimated him. Our midfield certainly did, but but with Pope. The kick's a mistake. The save is terrible. The attempt at the save is terrible. Um, you know, and he just palms it out to, to Ferguson. It's not even a save. It's a catch. All he has to do is catch a ball. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's dreadful. There's no defence to that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to Nick Pope in terms of, uh, you know, transfers yeah. and everything else in a minute. But you wrote a piece a, a few weeks back, Mark, about Newcastle potentially having to evolve and get a keeper that's better with his feet. And I think uh-huh. that... I haven't actually, shining example. I've never actually put it out, but actually it, it's become more and more apparent. I wish I'd put it out when I did. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, it was That's said a modern before, day keeper, isn't it? You got to use is. your feet as a modern it, day keeper. It is, but but even even if you're not that goalkeeper, you're not an Allison, an Edison, a Ramsdale, somebody like that, that that is very, very good with their feet, you've still got to have the ability to at least get by. And it was it was always the the slight put against Nick Pope when he signed was he's a good goalkeeper but he can't use his feet to save his life and yeah there were there were stats that backed that up a little bit there were stats that went the other way that I mean you read stats as you want to a lot of the time they, they don't always make your point but he came in and was I argue and I think I put in the piece as a as an old fashioned goalkeeper. I don't think there's a better goalkeeper in the league at that shot stopper wise. No, I think he's a his reactions are incredible, had, especially for the size of him. You know, yeah, he, I mean, he's had his issues over recent recent games, but I think generally speaking, he's been he's been exceptional. But it comes down, and there are there are two moments really that, to highlight from from Nick Pope this season. One is the the first goal against Brighton because that clearance is absolutely shocking. Mm. The other one was the one against City. And I think it raises the time he he goes to play the ball, and he he has an option to either pass. He's he's got Harland about ten yards from him. He's under really no pressure when the ball's played through to him. He's got a pass to share and a pass to Trippier on if he takes a touch, and he panics and lumps it. And he lumped it straight to Kyle Walker and immediately put Newcastle on the back foot again. Yeah. And that's his biggest weakness, and it is absolutely. It's getting just, exploited. It's getting it, exploited. It, it is because if you get him into an area where he is rushing out and he does it a lot, so he he will sweep an awful lot. But the problem you've got at that point is then he can't do anything with it. Mm. You know, he's, he hasn't got that range of passing to be able to ping one to, to the opposite side of whatever. But he does panic. So he's doing an awful lot of that rush now, but then he's, he's panicking with the ball at his feet and, and you, you just can't have that. And, and the other side to it is that you lose a player in the build-up of play, you watch City or you watch Liverpool, and there's always the outlet of going, well, we'll, we'll, we'll utilise the goalkeeper. He yeah. can then you know, take his time, pass out, pull the, you pull the defenders wide, you make that pass, you make that angle. Newcastle players, 99.9% of the time, will ignore him. 
because even when they, they're going that way, the ball will then get played to Trippier, will get yeah. played to the left side. Up. They ignore the goalkeeper. Yeah. And, and if once you throw a hole in there and the ability for Hall to take the ball up, he'll become another option then. That'll be one less uh, attempt to go back to Pope. Just to, just to talk about Gary's comment there, we will come on to this, Gary. We've got a, a topic on the midfield in, 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 a, in a minute, mate. So we will come on to that one there. But there's a, a comment there from Ian said, he's fed up with all his YouTube as defending the indefensible. Uh, we don't do that, mate. As we say, you know, we, we've been very honest with our opinion. Uh, manager doesn't. Uh, don't know who to start, who to bring on. Players can do 90 minutes. No need to bring the subs on. I mean, this is the whole thing about, about Tonali, which we will get into in, in the midfield, Mark. But the, the weird thing is, just to touch on it now before we go into I know you've got some, some in-depth information about it, but Tonali seems to be, out the three of them, playing better, certainly the last three games, even though we've, we've lost them. Tonali's definitely put in the better shift and he's been hooked every single time. And... Because Bruno is is Bruno is nowhere near the Bruno that we know that we love and we expect. He's miles off the pace. He looks out of shape. He looks a yard behind the play. His passes aren't going to anybody. I made a comment. I think again, certainly the Liverpool game, even a couple of weeks ago. Where's Louis Miley? Where's an alternative to Bruno on the bench? Somebody can come on and use the ball and control the play, dictate the play. You know, find those passes, be smart with it, and even sit back and protect the back four, which Miley can do. We saw him do it in pre-season and do it very well. But there doesn't seem to be any other option off the bench other than Sean um, to, to do that job that Bruno can do. My issue between the two of them, before we get into more in-depth, I knew it was going to go this way, but before we get into the, the in-depth details about them, the two of them are almost hybrid midfielders that can be an eight or a six. But when they're playing together, not one of them has the discipline to be the six and stay the six. They're wandering off in a different part of the midfield and it's just, it's just not working, Mark. We're, we're getting left exposed, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think Sean is a massive miss on the right-hand side of that midfield trio. Um, his his work rate is 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 unmatched, really, um, mm. in that side. And I think that that in everything, that frees up Bruno to be Bruno. And I, I think yeah. that's missing. Um, weird, weirdly, you talked about passes not going anywhere. His, his pass percentage this season is higher than it was for last season. This Bruno's, yeah, yeah, it's sat at eighty-seven and a half percent. Well, his total for last season was eighty-three point one five. Now, it's four mm-hmm. games, so it's, it's. I'm not going to read too much into that. But the interesting part of, of, of what I picked up from some of his stats were it, more of his, uh, less of his passes are going forward. And where you where, right. uh, we've looked before at his passing diagrams, or certainly Newcastle's passing diagrams, you you see that, that central hub of Newcastle's passing. Um, uh, diagram where it's Bruno in the middle. I'm not going to start singing. <laughs> Everything flows well, he through does, him. He doesn't know what to do at the minute. He doesn't know what to do. So you, you can <laughs> sing the song if you want. So. But everything flowed through him. Absolutely yeah. everything. It didn't matter where. The bulk of passes went through Bruno. That slightly changed the season. And he sits, if you look at those maps, he sits slightly deeper. Um, I'll try and actually I'll just bring this up because back in Share the just screen. While, just while you're doing that, Jordy Toon for Life is saying once opposition gets past our press, our midfield is more or less a straight line and a 10 yard pass, pass along the floor to a number 10 in the hole, um, just basically does our defense. I agree with that. Number 10s we cannot pick up, and that's that's the absence of the six, I think, that doesn't pick yes. up the number 10 because the six is the player that does that. Absolutely right. So, this is Bruno's heat map for last season. I mean, he's absolutely all over the place, yeah. 
again, it's really early doors, but the bulk of his heat on that heat map is is much deeper. There's there's bits further forward, but he's not. It's not as evenly spaced. Now you can argue, and and it'd be a it would be a fine argument to make. The three teams that you've just played are Manchester City, Liverpool, and Brighton. So you'd ex- you'd yeah. almost expect that. But as a general rule, that's that's where it sits. Now the interesting thing I've kind of pulled up from from this was just the the comparison between him and, and Sandro Tonali. So that that's Bruno's from last season. Tonali's for last season is is almost identical, but he plays he's played his bulk of his games at club level as a two in that midfield. Whether he's played as Milan played a four-two-three-one the mo- uh, much of the time, and his yeah. partner in that is uh, Krunic, who has a, again a very very similar sort of heat map, but it, it's sort of the the more deeper of the the two, but plays yeah. as a two. He's not getting as far forward. He's not, you're not asking Tonali, or they weren't asking Tonali to play one side. If you look at Sean's, Sean's is very right sided. Yeah. But the difference. Which covers Patripia, as you rightly say. He covers exactly Patripia. right. So yeah. that was what I was going to come to. So in that regard, when you look at that, when Trippier does get forward, Sean can then come and sit a little bit deep and cover that side. So you're not getting that from Tonali at the moment. And I stress that at the moment because I just think had Sean been fit, I think Sean would have started the season. And I don't Possibly. think he would have seen Tonali start as, as good as he was against Villa. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was very good. That, that's a an odd game to, to take. But when you look at the other three, that that trio of, of Joe Linton, him and, and Bruno just hasn't quite clicked yet. Mm. Um, and I think had had Eddie had the the chance, he would have started with the, th- the three that would normally have started last season. Then brought Tonali in gradually. It's kind of what I said before the season started. It's purely based on the fact that Sean wasn't fit enough to to play. That he's he's had to he's the one being dripped back in. Yeah, I think it's a huge blow as well about Willick being injured. Uh, is is a massive blow for us because Willick gives us something that these guys don't. He gets you up the field. And in a game like Brighton, where we were pinned in, I think Willock would have been great. But just that comment from Paul uh, McCarthy there, I do think Miley could be a genuine number six. I think he's young enough to to adapt into that role. I think he's so good on the board. He's so controlled and he's big as well. He's strong with a tackle. And for what we saw of him, um, I think he would be perfect to sit as that deep, almost that deep quarterback style. Uh, but I think he's, he's that good at sniffing out danger and his, his position and sense looked that good. From the from the bits we saw of him in preseason, yes, I know it's preseason. I think you could you could you could maybe grooming's the wrong word for a seventeen year old lad, but I think we'll go with that far. Yeah, maybe don't use that word. You 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 could coach him along, even coach him along to be a number six. I think, Mark. What, what do you think? Out of all the midfielders that are in the in the mix right now in the squad, do you know one of, one of the lads I worked with today? So sort of it was an interesting fact, and. and I'm not going to compare the two at all because the two midfielders are, are very, or the two players are very. I know where you're going different. here. Is it Mister? Is it Mister Carrick you're talking about? By any no, chance? no, it's John that. Joe. Oh, when, God, when, think better think than John about, Joe. Think, no, no, he, he is absolutely right, and I'm not going to compare the two. But look at the job John Joe did first season. Bruno came in into the side. John he, sat, sat, he sat deep a bit. He, he sat, sat in that six role, and, and that's because his legs move. were gone, though. Really, I think well, more than anything, did, more natural consequence. But it allowed Bruno to play that more forward, forward sort of facing eight 
role that he does so well. He got forward, he scored more goals, he, he you know, he created more chances. Playing somebody like Miley in there to be that character good example as well. To, to I play think so. there's a lot of similarities role. between them in terms of the way they use the ball in the positional sense. Yeah. And just protect the back four. It, it, sitting in the gap. If you have a six, Ferguson doesn't score that second goal. I'm absolutely oh, 100%. convinced. 100%. No, because no, he goes out blocks to be a lot He had 10 yards around him yeah. for that goal. Yeah. It's just nobody picked him up. What the defenders are doing, I don't know. But if you have a six in that hole, you go back to, I know you mentioned this last season, you go back to last season against City. Was it City's second goal? Doesn't happen because Haaland runs through that gap. That's exactly well, De Bruyne runs again. through that gap. Yeah, it's De Bruyne gets the ball through to Haaland and, and the six goes out and pushes De Bruyne and pressures him. But Paul's saying there, we need a proper DM. Longstaff ain't the answer in his opinion. But we are going to talk about some transfers that we maybe missed out on yeah. in a bit. As John says there, there's some good players he's mentioned there. Edison Alvarez and maybe the RB as well. We'll, we'll get into that in the, in the transfer. Maybe. But go on, Mark, you were just saying about Sean, about DM. Are you disagreeing with that? No, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree agree with him in that because I don't think Sean's a DM. I don't think he is a true six. Um but I, I definitely think that's a that's a miss. And and look at all the, the top level managers, the likes of Pep, you throw Klopp into there and, and every other one. What do they all play? What have they all covered? Is it is a DM? There's a reason why Declan Rice and Moises Casado have gone for a hundred million. I don't agree with the fee, but there's a reason why. No, no. There's no. a reason why Bringing in somebody like Casemiro changed Manchester United last season. Mm. Obviously, Rice changes the, the face of Arsenal this season. Rodri um, and others go back. Fernandinho, those sorts of players were players that like for Manchester City. Kante for for Chelsea. Makélélé for Chelsea. There's a reason why those players work so well, and it, it, it absolutely baffles us that Newcastle didn't didn't go for one and and. I know we're going to come on to transfers and that we'll get we'll get to that kind of bit, but it just baffles that they've spent so much money on really three positions that didn't need immediately filling, yeah, and not spend it on the areas that were actually of of more not desperate need but of much more of a need in the squad. Yeah, it, 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 to be fair, it, it is something I think that's maybe not not been um, what's the right word? It's maybe maybe. Um, the right, the right transfers at the wrong time potentially is, is an easy way to summarise it. But Stu saying there that there's no evidence that he wants a defensive-minded number six. He wants a technician's number six. Well, that's going to be Miley in all, in my opinion, Stu, out of the squad that we've got. I think there's a kid there you could mould in that position. I really do believe that. There's obviously a reason that he's not got him in the squad. We don't know what that is. But, you know, the journalists are going to start asking some questions soon. Ian saying the negativity isn't warrant, warranted. It's entirely over the top. I mean, we... We try not to be too negative, Ian, but I think when you're losing three games on the spin and you lose like you did at the weekend with, with massive holes in the squad, massive holes in the tactics as well, no apparent plan B. I think you, as a fan, Ian, it's your God-given right to be critical of that. You know, you have to look at that third game on the spin. Yes, three very different games. City is City. We hung in that game for a long time. We could have got something out of it. Liverpool were totally threw that away. We took our foot off the throat. We let them in. That was a massive, massive error by the lads and Eddie. Um, and then this game was just so disappointing because Brighton are a really good side mark, but they didn't have to be that good to beat us. It was it was easy for them, really. I, I just don't think we we really put up much of a fight. Yeah, I, I think you 
you, you're absolutely right. You, you you can be critical of performances. You can be critical of, of, of a game. I think Ian's right in a sense that there is. I think there's an overriding sense of, of, of negativity from from a lot of people. Some mm. of the stuff I've seen is absolutely ridiculous. The the calls for any heavy stuff are just that's ridiculous. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You can, as a fan, you you pay your money, you watch your games, all of that. You've got you've got a voice. You're allowed to use it. You can say yes. Yeah. I think this played hasn't played well, or this isn't working. Or nobody, <laughs> realistically, nobody's going to listen to it. No, from the club. Yeah, they're not. We're, we're not. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's an opinion. When if you don't think something's right, you're allowed to say it. If you don't agree, that's absolutely fine. We're not gonna we're not gonna haul you over the coals for for not agreeing with with what we say. In fact, we we actually like it because it creates it creates debate. It's what football's about. It's supposed to exactly create that sort of debate. What we can't debate, and we're coming out of tune stuff. That offside for City. That's that. <laughs> That's not debatable. <laughs> even even Holland even didn't agree with that one, mate. To be fair, but uh, but yeah, but, but but as we say, you know, it was a tough day at the office for us. I mean, you know, they finished the game off again. Yeah. You know, uh, Ferguson's kind of third goal, very similar to, to the second. No one seems to close him down. You know, like you say, knocks off Shaw and goes in. And then you know we, we do pull back uh, when we brought on Callum Wilson and Isaac went to the left. He looked a bit sharp, a bit more lively. I thought we had a chance to get back in it. And then he hooks Isaac off, which was weird. Um, then obviously um, we go back to I think Barnes is on, and we just don't quite have the same vigor. But there was one good bit about the game, Mark, uh, which which was this. Um, now Callum Wilson uh, scored his 40th Premier League goal for Newcastle United, and you can see there he's really really close. To, uh, to beating some serious legends of Newcastle United in terms of Premier League goal-scoring exploits. So fair play to Callum, mate. I mean, he's got a good chance of beating certainly Andy Cole and even Beersley, I think, this season. And uh, he's got a little bit to go to catch a certain uh, Mr Shearer, though. I'm not sure he's got enough in his legs to get to Shearer's level. He's going to have to have a couple of really decent seasons. But, yeah, I think he he will comfortably get above, above Beardsley now. I think he, he'll have enough games over the next season to, to get eight. Eight more, so yeah. I mean, that's 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 a that's a nice positive to to end that game in. Absolutely, and yeah, to be fair, he looked sharp. I thought as well, Callum, when he come on, yeah, um, I thought he looked sharp. I think there could be grounds to to maybe start him and Isaac together and push Isaac out to that left hand side, or or maybe even try the both of them up front. I mean, that that was something else that, that's come off of a lot of channels and a lot of people. Um, talking after the game, and obviously after a defeat, your emotions are high. Your raw, I was raging in the post matches. You all saw, um, but but we don't seem to have a plan B. We stick religiously to this four three three, and then all we do is we just change the personnel, but we'll keep the same tactics. So if that four three three is being nullified by you know a good manager and the opposition team that's that's out coaching it, if you take off Isaac and put Barnes on or whatever or Gordon and somebody else. It's the same tactics and it's the same formation. It's just a different player. Yes, those players' legs are a bit fresher, but they might just have the same result against that team because they're sitting in and they're dealing with a 4-3-3. So I do think that this international break will be good for Eddie. I know he said he wanted another game straight after, but I do think this this break will be good for Mark to try and maybe him and Tyndall to sit down and have a look at things and maybe see where they're going to change. Can you envisage this team being unchanged for the Brentford game? I personally can't. I think he has to make changes. I think well, the, the, I think the talk will be that Botman will be fit 
Uh, I know he does all that Instagram post to say that he would back soon. I think his estimated date for, for being back is is the next game. So that that would be it. Yeah, that would be a good one. I think it's yeah. A good shout by John as well. It's a good shout by John. Isaac left Gordon right Wilson in the middle. It's not a bad shout, you know. Possibly. I, I mean, he looked he looked much more dangerous when he moved left. And and you're right. I I was completely bamboozled when when he came off. Because I thought he just started to look a lot more dangerous getting at the the Brighton right back, and we know how good Isaac can be on on that left hand side. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, I think you you can pressure Brentford into mistakes by by getting onto them. The uh, Rico Henry will push forward, so I, th- I think getting somebody on the right hand side to really keep them um, pegged back is one. Um, they've got is it Aaron Hickey who's playing at right back at the yeah. moment as well. So somebody like Isaac think will would would work very very well against him as well. That he, he could could give him nightmares. Um, and then and a good obviously with with Wilson in the middle to put put chances away again. I think he, he probably has played himself into to having that opportunity to start. I would probably make those changes. But it all depends on what happens over the next couple of weeks. I can't see there being, unless there's fitness issues, I can't see there being too many more changes. Maybe left back. Um, I think I can see, see going forward. I can see Lewis Hall coming in. I really do think that. I think he he's such a good player, and I don't think Eddie would have pushed. I think that's an Eddie Howe sign in Lewis Hall. I really believe that because I think he, Eddie made the point of saying that they watched him when we played Chelsea, and if anybody remembers that game, he was head and shoulders the best player. Uh, for Chelsea, St James's Park, he was everywhere. He was spraying passes around. He was dropping shoulders. He was beating people. He was stripping people for pace, putting balls across the box. The only thing for him was nobody from Chelsea, even though they were anywhere near getting on the end of them. So, <laughs> for, for a player like that to have left that kind of impression on Eddie Howe and him going, "Yeah, I like that lad. When he left back, he could be the lad." And then he finds out he's a Toon fan, and his family have got Newcastle links, and he's probably thinking, "Hang on a minute, this could be a real one." So. I think Lewis Hall will get in this team, regardless of his age, Mark. I think at 18, I think he gets in this this 11. I really do, based on what we've seen thus far. Yeah. Left back. The other thing to consider on that on that side of the field as well is who plays on the right-hand side or, or mm. plays mainly on that right-hand side for Brentford. And Burmo. Yeah. Oh, I can't even speak. <laughs> it's late. It's I been a long day. Caffeine today. <laughs> Bumo is so much pace and will yeah. cut in um, off that right-hand side. Torture and, burn. He, if they go, I mean, they can go one of two ways, really. They, they they've started with five at the back when they've played um, Collins, Ayer, and for life Pinnock, um, or they've gone two at the back. In which case, they then played that Kevin Sharday up down the left, and Boomo down the right with um, Jan Visser through the middle. If they play a two, generally speaking, Visser will be the one through the middle, and Boomo will, will pull right, mm. and he pulls wide right as well, and he has so much pace and. And we've seen that trouble burn, so I wouldn't be surprised if he if he brought up um, Hall in for that job. Yeah, J- Jules is saying he wouldn't want to see, or sorry, wouldn't want to see Botman back uh, for Brentford too soon. We need him later on. I understand that, especially with Champions League uh, brewing soon. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, this might sound crazy, right? But after watching Burn get nailed against Ferguson uh, and. It just he looks so slow at centre half. He looks so exposed because he's not got Joe Linton covering him uh, or Joe Willett covering him. So he looks totally exposed. I would rather see Alex Murphy in there. To be honest with you, from what we saw uh, in pre-season, 
I know Lascelles might come in, and again, more on Lascelles than him in the transfer window, but um, you might be better off playing Lascelles now. He's got a little bit more speed. I know you're playing with two right-sided centre-halves, but my worry about Bernard centre-half, Mark, is he's been left back for so long. He's been so protected. You put him at centre-half, he just looks exposed, man. He really does. It is, it is, a, it is a weird one, isn't it? Because he's played centre-back an awful lot in his career. And, and But I think you're absolutely right. I think he's played left-back for so long. You've got mm. to then readjust to play in a different position. And he, he's, he's had that almost comfort of playing on the left-hand side for, for that long and being protected by the fact that he's got others behind him that then when he's moved into the center it suddenly it is a completely different ball game for him um so that there is an element of that I, I don't think there was an awful lot else you could do there was the argument to play lascelles um at, you know if he's available for the weekend but i think the natural thing to have done at that point was to to just shift him in and bring in bring in a left back um but it just didn't look right. I mean, massive, massive missing in Botman. I think. Look, if he's fit, you play him. If he if he's fully fit, you play him. If he's not fully you, fit, you, you don't risk him. Yeah, but Billy Joel in isn't it? Well, I mean, I suppose bringing Lascelles in would have certainly added a bit of fight to the back four. Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Boom, couldn't boom. Resist it. Got another comment there from Steve saying Bruno needs to drop a will. How do? It? That's the big question, Steve. Huge question for Eddie Howe. He's got some big decisions to make. That is one of them. Even in the UK, though, good to see you, mate. Uh, Dean is saying um, Barnes left Gordon right and either uh, Wilson or Isaac in the middle. I nearly morphed them then, called them Weezak for some reason there, Dean. So I just stopped myself. Weezak. Uh, I like that. I like that. It's a good name for a striker. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, there's some huge decisions he has to, he has to make there. You know, that's a hell of a one there, George. Number 10, Anderson. I mean, Anderson's so uh, flexible as a player and versatile. He can play in that midfield three. He's not scared of a tackle. We saw that in pre-season. He goes flying at the challenges. And even the Premier League games that he's had, he can play in that front three. For me, Mark, I mean, we haven't really touched on it too much. Um, thank you very much, John Kitchen. Yes, smash a like, please, everybody. I just caught that a corner of my eye. Thanks, John. Keep me right. Um, Mickey's got away from this quite uh, lightly with us, actually, uh, apart from me giving him shit at the start. Um, Mickey Almiron, 100% needs to be on the bench. And I look, I look at that squad. And I look at, um, you know, Isaac that can play left. I look at Gordon, who's played really well. I look at Harvey Barnes, who's had good cameos. I look at Elliot Anderson that can offer something. I look at even Jacob Murphy, uh, who who has improved as a player that can offer some end product as well. And I'm looking at Miggy thinking, how the fuck are you still getting in this team? Because he's for 70 minutes or 80 minutes a game, he's shooting with his slippers on. And then he'll pull out a, a worldly strike from 30 yards that a, a world-class goalkeeper has to tip onto the bar. And everybody... Dines on that rather than how shit he's been for 70, 80 minutes. I mean, he's he's not offering a great deal, Mark, is he end product-wise? Uh, no. And the, the, the weird thing that gets me as well from this is that how 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 well did Jacob Murphy finish last season? He's played five oh, he's minutes. brilliant. He's played five minutes this season. Uh, it, it, that, again, it, it it's a baffling one because... I, we said, and I think it was our piece during last week, when you looked at the, the substitutions for the first three games, they were almost identical. Mm. I mean, you may as well just cut, cut and paste them for each game. It was very, very predictable. Um, there was no change. Even when, and it's a difficult one, but even when Bruno's not played well, there's no, there seems no indication that they're likely to, to bring him off and, and give him a little bit of a kick to kind of, come on, you need to up your game a little bit. Hmm. But Murphy, Murphy's not one because he will give you 
all that energy as, as well that, that Mickey will give you. But but he, he he has form on his side or had form on his side, and it just seems weird that he's not been he's not been utilized at all. Utilized so, a bit more. I think there's yeah. a I think there's a loyalty to Mickey because of the great season. I mean, let's be honest, we wouldn't be Champions League if it wasn't for Mickey Alman. We've got to give him that. Yeah, absolutely. Sensational last season. Yeah, but so I think I think there's there's almost a bit of almost a bit of loyalty from Howe. I think I'm just just looking at Ian's comment there, uh, saying how have suddenly gone from telling me Martin what to hate in three months. But George's comment is bang on, Ian. I think it's not hate; it's 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 frustration. I think because we we know that the team is capable of so much more. Uh, yeah, and maybe maybe our expectations have gone up a little bit at this side and these players after last season. Maybe we're we're expecting more. From you know, likes of Bruno, likes of Julian, likes of um, Burn. Maybe we're putting too much on them. Maybe we're expecting too much because last season was was certainly for likes of Miggy Almiron. I don't think, and I said this a few weeks ago, didn't I? I don't think Miggy will ever have a season as good as that in his whole career. I think last season was 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 a bit of a freak occurrence for Miggy. Um, I think he, he he runs hard. There's no doubt. His work rate is 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 off the charts, right? But. He doesn't have enough end product. He's not clinical enough. But last season, some just seemed a click mark, didn't it? And he, and he, he was getting them goals and he was setting those those goals up. But the normal Mickey Armour we see, it's almost like his his brain's faster than his body, or vice versa. He can't quite execute the final the final ball, can he? You know, I think we're starting to see a bit more of that again this season. It is frustrating. I think going back to kind of Ian's point, that has there been an, an overreaction to an awful lot of it, possibly? I'd, I'd say that yeah, it's it's four games in, it's three very very good teams in it, and an exceptionally poor Villa side or exceptionally poor performance from a Villa side first game, first game of the season. Although that first first half was was pretty tight, time will tell. I think your the, the next run of games will be the will be the tell um, when you 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 come up against the likes of Brentford and that, and then, and then get into the Champions League if, if just where this season will go to. So. That yeah. we can react to what's gone on so far. We can't tell the future, but it's it's one of those where that there are things that don't look quite right at the moment. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about them. Um, it's not it's not from a place of hate at all, um, because you're right. Those players deserve deserve the chance. I think Miggy absolutely deserved the chance to start the season um, and deserves a little bit of loyalty because at the end of the day, look at look at how well he performed last season. But I think yeah. you, you you're right to question some of the performances because I just think some of them just haven't been at that level. Yeah. And is there is there a question mark of is there too much being expected just at the moment? But you want to see at least at least the same level of 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 application and at the same level of performance that they've given the previous season and a half. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see a drop off. No, no, because with football, football is that kind of a game. That's the price and the ticket. Eddie Howe knows it. The, the players know it. That when you raise the bar and, and you have a great season and you finish fourth, right, fans don't go back to thinking about when you were a mid-table side that finished 13th or 12th. They, they, go, they, they, they go into their mind, right, we finished fourth last season. These lads stepped up. They evolved. They become better players. They're expecting another good performance from you next season. They might not be expecting you to finish fourth, but no, when you look at the games key. that we've been in, as Ian says here, fine margins. I think if we beat Liverpool, which I love that, there's always right, uh, we'd be flying. And, and I totally agree with you, Ian. I think you're bang on, mate. If we beat them in that game, and we deserve to beat them because I thought we were better than they were. We just 
failed at the big game management, which concerns me for Champions League, which will come on to it, I'm sure, nearer the time. Uh, as for the midfield, he says they were awesome unit until the Liverpool collapse, keep the faith. I mean, the thing about Joe Linton, Bruno and Tonali is individually, and Eddie Howe said this in his post-match for Brighton, they are brilliant players individually. Once you can figure out how to get them together, um, which I think uh, Kendo said there as well, didn't he, in the comment there? I'm just trying to pull it up, Kendo. Bear with us, man. There's loads of comments here. Here we go. He's saying, once Bruno Tonali work out the role, pivot, we will have a well-oiled central midfield. And I totally agree, Kendo. I think individually as players, Mark, they offer something special to any side. You know, Joe Litton definitely looks off the pace as well. We can't let Joe off. Um, he doesn't look right. He looks knackered. He looks like he's carrying something. But I think Joe is is such a determined player that he has to be part of the team. And that's why he declared himself fit when he definitely wasn't. But Eddie's got to manage that and say, no, um, you can't, you're not fit. You know, you're not playing. You're on the bench. He's got to give Elliot Anderson a go or something like that, or Sean, hasn't he, mate? You can't just let Joe come in a team half fit because you don't get the same output from him. No, I I, I think what you saw, I mean, I, I thought Joe Linton was exceptional against Liverpool. I, oh, I thought he, he, was, he bossed that up. I mean, he, he did look... I mean, he, he didn't look right against Brighton at all. So um, I just laughed at <laughs> I think Weezak is what John Joe Shelby did, Jules, when he ran about 10 yards, I think, in the game. that He was Weezacking all over the place. Sorry, Mark, I threw you off there. So. No, I, 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 I don't think he looked right. I think if he, if there's any question mark of fitness, you shouldn't be played. But look, if, if the doctors, if he's declared himself fit, Certainly, if if independently the doctors have said he, he's fine to play, then then you, you can't question. It. But he just didn't. He didn't look himself. Um, but no, it's. I think we'll we'll get too get too bogged down in it, really. But it's you you have to move on, and yeah. there are there are big games coming up, and and I, I think the the next obviously the next one being Brighton in a couple of weeks time, Brighton, Brentford, Brentford in a couple of weeks time, is that's got to be now the bounce back. That has to be. Everybody back, everybody fit, everybody raring to go, and and put in a put in a performance now to to get the tick the season back in into in gear again because you you started like an absolute house on fire, yeah. Um, and, and then it's been elements of frustration and and just that, that last ten minutes against Liverpool utter disappointment, um, and then horror really uh, against Brighton, but yeah, not to get too too stuck on it and go back to a little bit of Ian's comments, four games. Let's let's not let's let's not panic as as I've brought in before. Let's not panic. <laughs> You're showing your age there, mate. Showing your age, put a dance army of you, honestly. You're terrible. But, and it, but let's yeah, we've said it, it's right to question, it's right to say, look, there are performances that haven't been right. But the overriding sort of thing from it is it is four games. There are there are still thirty four to go in this season, plus all the all the cup games, the Champions League games. It could turn a corner really, really quickly. L so. Listen, Stuart Pierce still thinks we're going to win the league, apparently. So fucking good on you, Pierce. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stephen, just one last comment on on this. Stephen saying, don't expect too much to assume we are building the impossible um, Champions League, but miracles take a bit longer. Championship DNA still not squad one hundred percent. You know, likes of Dummett and Richie still around there. Taking up squad spaces, that 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 tells you everything there. So so moving on to, to the next section, Mark. We kind of covered the midfield one already, so we won't get into that. But we're going to talk about the transfer window 
roundup. So obviously the transfer window closed for everybody who didn't know who was signed with the magic of YouTube. Ta-da! There we go. That is our uh, transfer window there. Didn't take long to pull that one up, but we're going to go through these players individually, Mark, and you know, talk about them as signings, and then we'll obviously talk about you know maybe some holes that, that we're missing in the squad, and we'll pull up some comments as we go. So I'm, I'm going to kick this off, right? Um, Harvey Barnes coming in on the left-hand side. Madison was heavily linked um, for a long time in terms of that Leicester player. Didn't quite come off, ended up going to Spurs. People were talking about was the weekly wage was the problem. Harvey Barnes is a very, very good footballer. We we talked about his stats on Rumor has it in, in the lead-up to this transfer. Um, Maxi uh, obviously went over to Saudi. Um, you know, when things go wrong, everyone starts saying, why is Maxi still here, et cetera, et cetera. But Harvey Barnes, <laughs> Premier, Premier League proven player, you know, I think only Rashford has scored more goals than him over the last um, couple of seasons, I think. Um, Harvey Barnes is a signing, mate. How would you rate it? You think it was it was a good signing to bring in? Um, yes, and and I was I was kind of in that camp of saying it was a good sign at the time. But when you look, and it's easy with hindsight, but when you look at, at the overall and you think you you've bought in two, and I'm going to go on to the, the, the two ones at the bottom as well. Mm. But you spent a hundred million. You're just going straight in. We're not doing one at a time. You're just going straight in. Ruining my, my strategy there, you. Go on. A hundred million on three players that there were players in the squad already and there was a little, no, there wasn't much depth, but there was depth, but there were areas that were, I think, of much more of a, more of a concern. Centre-back post, that number six, particularly yeah. right side of midfield. Like, I, I think Barnes will be be great. I, I have no doubt he, he will score you goals. Um, he, he's done that every season, really, for Leicester. Um, I think he, he probably needs to get in into the starting lineup now, and I think swapping Gordon across to the other side is the way to go. But I think that's a that's a good solid signing. He, he's young to to get you you know a good few years out of him as as this project develops as well. So, mm. and it, it's it's that Premier League proven quality that that is. You know, for for some of the the players that were knocking around, that he's lacking. So I, th- I think will be a good sign, absolutely. So so here's one, and I, I, again with this one, I mean, you know, we we spend big money on on Barnes. Was it thirty million? I think it was thirty million, thirty eight million or something. Thirty five, thirty eight million. Thirty yeah. thirty five million. So Musa Diaby went to Villa for was it fifty million? I think it was 50, 50, 53, 54, 53. something around that. And, and Madison goes for 40. Now, Madison's probably the, the one that was closer to our budget, I think, for the FFP uh, threshold. The RB's maybe a little bit over, but you see them too smashing in loads of goals and assists. I mean, Madison looks unbelievable already. The RB looks fantastic. Um, should Newcastle have maybe um, made a dug a little bit deeper? And, and went for one of those players, or, or, or were those players just simply not anyhow players? Um, well, I, th- I think Madison was all about wage offer, wasn't it? Newcastle weren't going to break their wage structure to, to bring Madison in, and and yeah. that ultimately d- became the the deciding factor. Uh, I, th- I think he would have been excited. He showed already for Spurs this season just what a good good player he is. Um, I mean, Spurs. Haven't missed a beat, and they don't don't look like they're missing Harry Kane at all. That that's um, right. Though. They haven't played anybody yet, though, mate. Really, they haven't really played anybody. Let's be honest. No, with you, the, the fixtures have been kind. All this talk about we don't need Kane. Wait till I play in the big teams and getting fucking battered. Then, then we'll we'll see what that means. 
but you can only play what's in front of you, and he's he's done well in the game so far. So like, we know we know how good he can be anyway. Um, yeah. But let's. But does he? If you're if the continue on, if the continued thing is to to play this this sort of rigid four three three or move around. He probably doesn't suit as much as you probably would have wanted him to come in, and I know you were a big, big advocate of him coming in. Yeah, but he, he doesn't really fit. He is more of a ten. He will he will drift and he will play a little bit wider at times, but ultimately he plays more centrally. And, and Newcastle just don't have that. They don't play with, with with that sort of player. Now, whether Newcastle will develop that in the future and become a little bit more sort of two-sided in that, whether they play the, the 4-3-3 or maybe he's played to a 4-2-3-1 or something along those lines. He'd suit in that role, but the way Newcastle is set up, I, I don't think it would, it particularly suits his style at the moment. Mm. Um, Diaby is a, is a different one because Diaby can pretty much play anywhere across that I, front I, three. I think he would have been perfect to replace Miguel on that start 11 personally. I think I would have went for 50 million for him We'll get on to Libramento in a minute, but I would have rather have spent 50 million quid on Musa Diaby than 30 million quid on a backup right back who may never play. That's my personal opinion. There's there's that argument. I, but I mean, Diaby has played the majority of his time so far playing almost as a 10. Again, he's played more centrally. He will drift right and left. Um, he, he played wide. Um, for Leverkusen, but but ultimately will play through through the centre. We will we will score goals. We've we've seen that for him for for Vela. He's he's you know he's got a great finish on him. Um, he's good move running with the ball um, as well at plays. He will move quickly. Gets into those little gaps, looking for the position. Almost like Ferguson um, at the weekend. He finds that hole in front of the defence and then and then can create or score from there. I. I I think my argument was before, yeah. I, I think when you look at the fact that you've got Target, you've got Burn, um, you've got Manquillo, you've got Trippier, were the were Livermento and Hall absolutely needed? I think there was they, they, Newcastle have added depth in the squad. I just don't think they've added. They haven't increased the quality of the first team yet mm. to a point where others have maybe taken that step forward. I agree with that. I think the starting eleven, personally for me, I think Hall was needed. We need a left back. I think Hall um, represents a great bit of business there for me, and I think for the future as well, not just for the present. Um, obviously, they've got him on loan and obligation to buy. If, if it went completely shit and he didn't play, which I don't think he will, because I think he's a very good talent footballer, uh, we could really have England's future left back for years to come um, playing. And I know people have said that about Livermento, but the Livermento one for me is weird because. It almost smells of a Dan Ashworth signing rather than an Eddie Howe signing. I know some people have insinuated that, that Eddie wanted different players. And when you saw Eddie get interviewed um, and somebody said, that, you know, he still, I think it was Keith Downey said, he's still active in the transfer market. And he said, no, he went, unfortunately. And he gave like a little half smile. So I don't think Eddie's fully happy with what was what business was done. You know, j- just to kind of cover the key areas, Mark. Um, we've talked about Tenali and obviously the issues there. The smashing player... But really, the, the players that were needed, um, I mean, forget forget Miggy, Miggy's replacement for a minute, if you will. If you're going to keep the faith with Miggy, which obviously there were, um, the number six was vital. Tanali's not number six. So it didn't sign the player for that position there. And a backup centre-half in case 
Botman or Shaw gets injured or Shaw shares, sorry, his original initial replacement. You know, we haven't got either of those players. Um, so is that a mistake by the club? Do you think I have to hold the hands up and admit that was a mistake? I think they missed a trick. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they haven't. I, I do I do think they've missed a trick with this. I do think that they there were elements to that sort of areas in that squad that they, they should have been maybe they did and they couldn't. And, and we don't know that. But I do think they've missed particularly those two areas, that defensive midfield and the, the centre-back one in particular. And we know this is a project. We know that it's going to be long-term. I think Livermento will become the right-back going forward. He will be the ultimate successor yeah. to Kieran Trippier. But was it desperate was it essential now? now to yeah, do? it was essential now. It might be the case if they sign him at the price now because in a year's time he could be £80 million. So getting him in now is the best bit of business. Um, I, I think ultimately we'll see that make more sense in a, in a year's time. Um, yeah. I mean, if touch wood, God forbid, Trippier goes down with an injury, you've got a ready-made replacement in there for him. So and then, then we'll all eat our words because if he turns out to yeah. be a fantastic right back, we'll all eat our words. But but hindsight's a wonderful thing. Just a quick one on Kendall, Mark. Your player of the season, Gordon for me, hands down. Anthony Gordon so far, player of the season. I think he's been brilliant. Um, can't disagree with that. I really can't. I, I, it's, I struggle to pick out anybody else, but his performance, particularly against Liverpool, um, and I thought he started really well against Brighton. I thought he looked bright, but yeah. there's not there's not an awful lot else to choose from at the moment. But it's four games. Let's. This is it. As, as Ian put in earlier a couple of times, it is four games into the season. So yeah, and four hard it. games. Well, thank you very much, Lee. Yes, smash the like for us, guys. If you can, we've got loads of you in the in the chat here, and we've got I think eighty one of you watching uh, long lives. So smash that, smash that like in there. But I do, I do think we missed a, we did miss a trick. There were some good players in there. People mentioned before Edison Alvarez going to West Ham. He looks good. You know, I think he would have been a really good number six forward. You know, we mentioned Diaby, we mentioned Madison. You know, there's been some good players being signed. You know, for sides that, but some of the bigger names we were linked to. You know, Tadebo didn't go anywhere. You know, Antonio Silva didn't go anywhere. You know, Marcus Guy, Palace didn't go anywhere. Joachim Anderson didn't go anywhere. So all these centre-halves who were linked didn't go anywhere. So that tells you that no other club did deals for them. But I think certainly that number six role, you know, that the, there is players that, that, that we could have got there. I mean, the only way around this to really fucking wind everybody up is to give us Kante on loan in January, which would be absolutely superb from the Saudi League, just to just to watch the, uh, the bedwetters. Piss the bed would be uh, utterly sensational. <laughs> Just a quickie on, on this, Mark. We pulled this up. Free transfers. So these are all free transfers right now. So even though the window's closed, you can still do free transfers, free agents. And there's a name at the top of that that jumps out to me straight away, given our goalkeeping issues. Um, David De Gea, would uh, Newcastle fancy a, a little punt at that and a free? His wages would be astronomical. I think he's been offered a massive contract with them Saudi. in Saudi as well. So yeah, yeah. I couldn't see that. That's like a Saudi eleven, that though, isn't it? If you look at it, it's pretty like much Saudi eleven. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure they'll they'll take to Alfredo Morelos very well, but maybe um, not. He's got some players He's just signed for Santos today, Morelos. He's gone over the Brazilian league. Oh, has he? There um, we go. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I saw that. I saw that pop up before. But yeah, I mean the interesting one the other day that came up was was obviously Casper being released by by yeah, Nice. Yeah, I like Casper, a good backup keeper as well. To be fair, is he? Would he be a better option? I mean, Dubravka is obviously going to be here for the for the season. I know there were lots of calls for Dubravka to get to get the starting place again. 
Will he be a better option? I mean, he's knocking on Possibly. a little bit now, Casper, isn't he? European he's, experience he, as well. European experience. Uh, I, yeah, it's, 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 there's not an awful lot in that list to, to make you excited about it, isn't there? There's a reason no. why... There's a reason why they're still free agents. <laughs> That's the reason why I know he's gone. Jay Devlin says Casper's uh, had an awful yeah. rep at Nice. Uh, I thought, I thought, yeah, I mean, that that's not gone very well. That I mean, what was it? Um, Thirty-seven. Roger saying, I think he is quite an age, Casper Schmeichel. Um, I mean, he was never as good as his dad was he? To be fair, like, but uh, but uh, <laughs> so we got John Kitchen saying he was just about to go and get David to hear for his ever more fantasy team, Mark. So uh, yeah, he could just uh, he thinks we're giving him the ITK there, really, Valencia. But I mean, there's nobody really there that that, that stands out. I mean, no. uh, is it is it Stefan? Uh, is it Jovetic at the bottom there as a striker, isn't he? So he might be. I suppose somebody could get you a goal or two, but I mean, if you look at what we've got um, across that attack and berth, we, we play with with speed and movement and pace, and I don't think he's got that in his locker at all. Not certainly not anymore. Um, there's nobody really on there that jumps out, as you say, Mark. You know. To be honest with you, the only one I'm looking at is Twan Zebe, and he's not great, but he would give mm. you depth at centre back. You give us something it. else. Yeah, maybe somebody with a little bit more speed than uh, than 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 Burn, you know, possibly made. But uh, but there was another one on the transfer link. This came out um, in the transfer link. Uh, I think it popped up on uh, earlier on on, on X, and uh, I think Roger mentioned it in the comments there. So so this is the Saudi Pro League transfer to close at the end of this week, and apparently Jamal Lascelles has been earmarked as a late transfer target for is it Al Shabab. Um, would you be happy to let Lascelles leave? I can't see it given the fact that we're a bit threadbare at the back. The only way I could see that happening is if um, Emil Kraft is back fit and he's not, is he? No, he's, I mean, they're talking about October, end of October for Kraft being ready, yeah. along with, with Willock as well. That's such a frustrating one. Willock long being gone time for, away, isn't it? Yeah. for an extra six weeks or so. So, I I can't see them sanctioning it unless I mean unless there's a fee involved that, that then allows them to go. But it doesn't leave an awful lot of options if if Botman or Cher were to go down again with an injury. That's it. It's that would worry and the cup you games. massively. And the yeah, exactly. cup games and stuff like that. Where, where are you going to get the depth from there? Yeah, I can't I can't see it happening, mate. I really can't. I think it's um I think it's just a bit of paper talk, really. But um, I mean, it, it will be interesting. I mean, I, I, I do think it's funny because all, all, all this kind of um, these top quality players in the Saudi league, obviously, they, 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 I mean, let's be honest with you, half of it's exhibition football. You watch the highlights. I mean, I think Jordan Henderson hit a 70 yard pass, totally unchallenged for somebody the other day and scored. It was a really good finish. But when you're watching it, it was literally like fucking soccer aid or something. You know, I was thinking, this is just shit. This, like, you know, how sick are these players going to get in terms of just playing? completely shit um, football with no effort. And come January, if we are fucked, and we do need players in key positions, you know, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, Mark. Ruben Neves is on loan or something like that, you know, it's not don't beyond the realm of possibility. Miguel Delaney. Don't oh, I love it, mate, honestly. I would be on here. My thought of the day would just be me laughing at pictures of Miguel Delaney crying <laughs> and Oliver Holt as well. I think it just even just to fucking watch their heads explode live on, on Sky Sports would be would be immense. I think that would just become the best spectator sport of the season. Just watching the meltdown on on his Twitter title or X timeline would just be phenomenal. Oh, I really now, 
amongst everything else. I really hope that happens just to see the fallout from it because I yeah. think that would be ben, Benzema, Benzema, Kante, and uh, Maxi back on low and fucking just just to watch their heads explode. Maybe absolutely, absolutely Amazing. superb. Yeah, Stephen, I can't believe Henderson's in the England squad. I've already had my, my rant about that one, mate. He just absolutely. Yeah, he shouldn't have been anywhere near that, mate. The amount of young midfielders that are, that are, that are available there is ridiculous. But we're going to move on to uh, the last section of the show, Out of Tune, where we talk about things that aren't necessarily uh, Newcastle-related. And do you know what, Mark? It's quite pertinent, this, because you know there's, there's so many mysteries around the world. You know, We've recently seen all these people descending on Loch Ness to try and find the Loch Ness monster. And there's now a new mystery in the world. That's Lord where you want. were when you went on holiday, wasn't that's it? Exactly, that's, that's exactly what been. it is, mate. That's exactly where I've been. I've been hunting for the Loch Ness Monster. Um, but there is another mystery in the world now, on top of all of that, you know, in terms of, are, are, you know, are we alone in the universe? Is the Loch Ness Monster real? And also, whose fucking hand is scratching Cooper's <laughs> ear? Because <laughs> right nobody seems to know whose hand was that. <laughs> that is just, yeah. I mean, I saw it, I'm like, something not quite right with that photo, and I could have tried to figure out what it was, and it went, that is nice awesome. one. <laughs> what on earth is that? Yeah, that was that was funny. I saw really people that. saying he's got his own he's got his own ear scratching assistant. Apparently, I thought God, Nottingham Forest must be doing so well. I wonder if he's got somebody to scratch his balls as well. You know, <laughs> maybe he's got like a, love the, a team of scratchers. I love the story with him with it with his towel because he misread the weather forecast, so he ended up having the towel oh. in his hand for the whole game, and then turned what? around in the interview and went up sweating me balls off. Oh wait, can I say that? So, oh, just yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's I really fun. like him. I really like him as well. Yeah. I, I think he's a fantastic guy. Kendall reckons it was Shelby's. <laughs> it must be. It must be a fluffy cuff. <laughs> classic, absolutely classic. But yeah, that did make me laugh. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I think um, Steve Cooper definitely won a few. Uh, won a few. Um, Fans, I think, just with certainly with the way Forest have played, beating Chelsea, fantastic that you know, just every football fan around the world was pissed himself laughing at that, and uh, and yeah, he just he just seems like a proper a proper bloke, doesn't he? But there was something else that, that flashed up in terms of out of tune as well, and it, I suppose it kind of plays into where uh, Bruno's little wobbler that he had um, <laughs> the other week, didn't he? About Newcastle fans uh, having a go at him, short stupid memories we've got, as Bruno says. Hey, it could be worse, mate. You could play for Leon still, Bruno, and my word, um, did they get it off their supporters, mate? I've never, I, I mean, this has happened before. Um, I, I did, I read a little bit that, that obviously this, is, this happened previously and stuff, but to have their ultras with guy with a microphone completely giving them a dressing down was i mean when i first looked at it i i, I didn't read it properly and i was like oh is, is it is this been the um the phil brown moment where rep the manager's been giving them a rep round on the feet you know the whole jimmy bullard thing and then when i read it i was like oh and then watch the clip was like, if you haven't watched this you, you really wow. have to go and watch it because it is it's it's different it's different class, and they got such a dressing down from from the fans. It was unbelievable, and and you could see it in the the, the players' faces. Oh, they the, looked, the, yeah, yeah. I just, they I've never seen, seen anything like it, but it's no, no, not the first time. Um, so absolutely, absolutely not. And, but they, uh, were, and I, yeah, I, 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 I think they, it's. Go on, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. They were absolutely fucking woeful against PSG. I mean, they were four 0 down at half time, and it, it could probably have been eight. Um, they were they were so so poor. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you, I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. It's um, it, it's just 
it's it's a it's a funny one. I mean, like you say, that these European teams are so passionate, um, you know, and and they they're not scared to give it to their fans. You know, to, to the the players, they throw they throw things at them. They you know they they, they do protests, they do all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, all, all we really do is go on Twitter and tell them they're shite and stuff like that, and then that, that causes a meltdown, really, doesn't it? In, in all fairness, but I mean, there's been so so much kicking off in the world of football, certainly in the last couple of days. And uh, I was trying to look for a picture there, but we don't have one. But talk about it. So we've all seen it in the news. It's quite a big story. It, it kind of plays into the the rant I had about you know the Lascelles incident about you know players fearing for their own security and stuff like that. I mean, Man United Arsenal. The weekend there, uh, obviously, Man United get beat, which is uh, hilarious as always. Um, but Mika Richards and, and Roy Keane are doing punditry for Sky, and they're hot footing their way back um, to the to the studio, or whatever. And some guy who clearly had a few bevies by the sound of it, by the looks of it, has has decided to pick a fight with none other than Roy Keane, <laughs> one of the all the people. <laughs> Of all the Honestly. people, one of, one of the hardest players we've ever seen, and I think from what from what I'm hearing is he, he tried to nut him, and and then it ended up with him against the wall with Big Meeks grabbing him. And I must admit, listen, Big Meeks looks a right laugh, you know, but I would not want to be on the wrong side of that bloke because he is a yeah. unit, mate. He's a unit. I, th- I think unit is the right word. Yeah, of all of all the people to try and pick on, you you go for Freaky. Freaky. Yeah, I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> Um, look, if 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 that guy's a season ticket holder and he has tried to stick one on him, he needs a season ticket revoked. He's banned. banned from from football stadiums. There's just absolutely no need for it. Um, it it's just it's totally ridiculous. Um, and <laughs> I mean, it, it, comical in a sense, but absolutely ridiculous. And, and yeah, I completely. Um, oh, why? Why would you do? Why would you even get into the position to do that? I, I can, un, I can almost understand having a bit of a quip to him, but to actually try and stick the nut on him is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to pick up on this. Yeah, I don't know anymore, Stu. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm completely with Marco Silva and, and what the fuck was going on at the weekend because. Mm. How, how that is not, I, I, I still, I, I've, I've repeated that over and over in my head and I'm looking at it going, how is he not giving offside? The ball literally goes through him and and he, he has to jump out of the way. At one point, I, I kind of looked at it as if he was trying to flick the ball the way that he flicks his foot out. How it's not giving offside, I, I don't know what VAR are doing. I don't know what the referees are doing. That's an easy decision to make and, and they've absolutely fucked that one up. Yeah, I think if I was going to try to answer that, Stu, what is a clear and obvious error? I would just simply answer Jordan Pickford is a clear and obvious <laughs> error, is, is what I would say on, on many levels. Uh, I oh, don't know if you saw his old goal. But Poor Jordan. What, what was that one when he saved it and he was doing this to the crowd? I mean, he's, he is... I know goalkeepers are mad, right? But that bloke is fucking tapped. He's absolutely I, tapped. Something's not right I, with that bloke. I am a fully-fledged member of the Goalkeeper Union and I cannot stand Jordan Pickford. He's, he's a... F- what, what is he all about, man? What is he, he all about? He will, will pull off saves that... Fair enough. I mean, he he, he had an absolute worldie um, in the game as well. Where he, he was like a triple save that he had, right? Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. After the old goal. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's the way that he then carries on. Uh, and that 
just get me a job, like celebrate it. But he, he's so over the top. It's why people don't like him. Um, but the the own goal was just sensational fun. Just to um, just to see it kind of back off the bar, hit him on the back and go in. And then what gets me more about that whole that whole sort of incident is he turns around, he smiles. Yeah. You've just, you've just conceded no goal. You've just conceded a goal, and you've turned on your smiling. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm absolutely foaming at that point that the the, the opposition have been allowed in a position where that's happened. Um, yeah. And I mean, it was a heck of a shot by Cameron Archer, but it's just no. Nah, I'm I'm yeah. sorry, but you shouldn't be smiling well, at that point. Uh, I agree with Kendall. Refs are clear and obvious errors, and I also agree with you. Yeah, George, yeah. not joining the Evermore membership would be a clear and obvious error. Fantastic, mate. <laughs> what you a are, way to send. What, what keeping us right in the segue? Yes, as we said at the start, we have got a membership scheme now. It's only one ninety nine a month. Smash it. Get yourself a, a fancy new badge. Get the podcast if you want. The podcast can be part of your YouTube. You can be world. using that in the chat. Yeah. It'll just come in and knock all your comments out of the way, and then Mark will have to go run and fix it and come back. And that's basically how the it, podcast generally it operates. Doesn't come with added sound effects. What we're not able to add. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely but yeah we, we will have loads of uh loads of new content kind of come in and also we'll have like a marks as early videos for membership and everything else and we'll be we'll be working on a few things you know we're ever growing channel um you know but we're still very young in terms of our youtube uh, journey we're not even two years old yet as ever more so we've got loads of loads of things to come in, in the journey so uh yeah join that membership now and you'll get you'll get access to all those benefits as the months uh, roll on as well guys but that's us all done and uh, we're all we're all finished for another watch going on. It's been a pleasure as always, Mark, chatting football about even though Newcastle was shit at the weekend. This has cheered me up uh, as as it does. And uh, I love the comments as well, guys. Thank you so much. We've had a little bit of argue going on in the comments there, but this is a safe space, guys. Remember, we don't give anybody any shit in this channel. We don't dig you out and pull you up. I know some people have said some other channels do that. We don't do that. All opinions are welcome. Um, you know, it's all a, a safe place to just have a chat about football, really, guys. So thank you very much, John. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Glad you all enjoyed the show. Get yourselves to bed. Have a crack and have a crack and sleep. Look, Mark's been playing with his little uh, his little toys in the background there with his new subscriber thing there. He does this, just does this to surprise me. So smash that button. Come and join us, as we say, guys. Have a crack and night's sleep, whatever you are doing, and uh, we'll catch you all later. Take care, guys. See you later.